Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount+. Plus. Construction was totally complete. I happened to go over to the house, and then I noticed that that stair step bricking was falling, was falling away from the house. Now, if you notice, that stair step bricking is right over the steps of someone to come in the house. So I immediately panicked, as you, as you would think, because I'm looking at this brick way up there, two stories up. If it falls, I'm going to kill somebody. This is the plaintiff, Kevin. He says his neighbor did some extensive construction on his house, and he left an unsafe brick cornice that was in danger of falling. He went around in circles with the defendant to have it fixed because he was afraid it was going to kill someone. His neighbor ignored him, so he had it fixed because it was a real danger. The defendant refuses to reimburse him for the work, and he's here suing him. For the $1,635, he's now owed. This is the defendant, Anthony Smothers. He says the plaintiff is not being truthful about the bill he presented to him regarding some work that needed to be done on the common wall between their properties. The guy hired a plumber to do his brickwork and wants him to pay for it? No way that's happening. And he thinks the judge will agree with him here today. He's accused of not being neighborly. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right. Mr. Kevin, you're suing your neighbor, Anthony Smothers, for $1,635 that you say you are out as a result of some construction and remodeling that they did in their place. Talk to me. Well, uh, just like you said, Yana, uh, what basically happened, the gentleman um, that's over there, he basically tore down his entire home down to nothing and rebuilt the home. Beautiful home. He did a really good, good job with it. Uh, but in the interim... Uh, as you'll see some of the pictures that I've shown, um, it was a little bit of uh, brickwork that was lacking. I didn't notice it at first. Um, it's, it's a rental property of mine. And um, I came over there to, you know, inspect the home. 
And I noticed that there was the, called the stair step brick that's up at the top of the roof. Um, I noticed that was coming down. Um, I immediately jumped on it and I said, oh, this is a problem because it's going to fall it's right over top of the steps that allow someone to come into the home. So I contacted um, Mr. Smothers and uh, let him know. I said, hey, I think we got a problem here because um, I had contacted him before with other work that he had done to, to the house. And we were very good. I mean, he had a good contract to the whole 10, 10 yards. So whenever I had a problem, I immediately contacted him and he corrected. How long was so, the construction going on next to your rental property? Oh, goodness. It had to be about a year to a year and a half. Okay. This is a picture of what you're talking about, step decorative brick. So this is what, on the second story? Yes. That's all the way up at the roof. As, as, as you see the uh, brick itself, it looks like a stair step going yeah. up. Yeah. And that's what we share. Um, the, if you look to the left of that, that's his property. To, to the right is mine. Okay. How old is the building? Oh, goodness, the building has got to be uh, at least 60, 70 years old or maybe yeah. more. Okay. Now, Mr. Smothers, you folks did like a really huge remodel. Tell me what you guys ended up doing. Did you really take it all down to the ground and start over? Uh, is what you call a, a duplex conversion. We put another third story on it. Uh, we ripped it all the way down, uh, took off the front of the house and uh, put a new front on the house and brought it up another story. And it's got a rooftop deck and everything else. I want to go. That sounds, that sounds awesome. Are you rent, do you rent it out? Um, is yes, this, it is, is it an investment property for you or somewhere where you yes. live? Yes, it's a rental property, and it's basically in the family's name. It's run by myself and, and a couple of my brothers. Okay, there's an orange brick, red brick, and the painted red one. His house yes. is the painted red one. The one that he owns as an investment property is the painted red and black one. Yours is the one next to it. Now, right. Mr. Kevin, according to you, there's a problem, and you notice the problem when? After the construction? Yes, the construction was totally completed. I happened to go over to the house, and then that's when I noticed that that stair step bricking was falling, was falling away from the house. Now, if you notice, that stair step bricking is right over the steps of someone to come in the house. So I immediately panicked. As you, as you would think, because I'm looking at this brick way up there, two stories up. If it falls, it's going to kill somebody. So I immediately kind of contacted him, and we, we discussed it. And he was like, wow, that doesn't sound like a problem. You know, what are we going to do? I said, well, we have to get that taken down before it falls. Um, he was like, well, yeah, well, it's on your side. I'm like, okay, uh, yes, my side, if you want to call it that, we share that wall. But I'm looking at it, and it's you cut the brick all the way down to the ground. He was like, well, you know, it's just it's your side, you know, whatever. I said, well, listen, I'm not going to debate this at the present moment. I have to get this taken down because if it falls, it's going to kill somebody. So I immediately did, I made a call to a roofer. Um, he did an emergency uh, run for me. He came out, he looked at it and was like, wow, yeah, you're right. That's where I got a, lot of, a couple of the closer pictures. That was from him tearing it down. Uh, once he, he tore it down, I contacted him back and said, hey, listen, it's torn down. Um, what are we going to do about this? And that's when the debate started. And what did he say? He stuck to it to his guns and, and basically said, hey, it's uh, your side. I feel as though that uh, there's nothing that I can do about it. Um, I don't know what we're going to do. I'm like, okay. These photos were taken by the person who you paid to go up there who was who, a roofer? Yes, he was a roofer. Um, again, because I saw that it was up on the roof, so I thought it was a roofing problem. Okay, so what did he do? Remove this whole thing, or do what did he do to make it sturdy? Uh, all the loose bricks that were there, he pulled off. The ones that 
that he didn't have to pull off. He he, he left where he remained, but it was some that were there that were good and some that weren't. Okay. Um, once he did that, that left like a gaping hole up on top of the roof. A part of it was the uh, scenery and then also the uh, roof itself. So uh, he put Do you have pictures of the gaping hole on the top of the roof? No, I do have pictures of where he put the tarp at. And you can, you can see where the tarp is over. Is this a picture? Uh, let's take a look at this. Is this part of the tarp sticking out? Yeah, you can see it there. All right. So you end up hiring somebody to rebuild the brick, correct? Yes, it was a combination of two two things. What ended up happening was, again, once I, uh, Mr. Smothers and I couldn't come to an agreement, I went to my insurance company. I went had them to look at it. Because I was, I originally said, I said, well, listen, I don't care what it is. I'll pay half. I don't care. Whatever. Let's just get this fixed. So I got the insurance company to come out, and they looked at it. And he says, no, it's poor construction. And he, I got a form from him that, that states that. So at, are you saying that at one point you said to Mr. Smothers that you would pay half and he would pay half? Yeah. Yes, All I right. did. So then the insurance company tells you this is poor workmanship and you then say, no, now I want you to pay the whole thing. And then he says what to you? I'll pay half? Uh, not right away. Right away, he just said, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's any of it. I said, now, now that I got the insurance company telling me that it's poor workmanship from your people, I said, I'm not paying Well, anything. in fairness, they don't say from his people. Don't get greedy. All it says is poor <laughs> workmanship. That's what they say. Now, his true. position, Mr. Smothers, is that the poor workmanship, the only workmanship that happened was when your guy sliced it in order to do your construction. So, according to him, but for your construction, he, he wouldn't have to spend any money, so why should he have to spend this money? What's your response to that? The... 1501 and 1503 fell down in the 1970s. And when the houses fell down, my grandfather used, um, uh, what is it, um, rebar. And on, with the rebar, he rebarred his house to, uh, on the corners together and stopped it totally from fixing and, and fixed it so we could, so that his house wouldn't fall, his front wouldn't fall down. This was in the 70s. They put star bolts, if you look at the front of their house. You see them stars in the middle? I That's do. Star acre bolts. Okay, but Mr. Okay, Mr. Okay, Smothers, what I'm asking you, what does this have to do with what we're talking about? Okay, so their house was already falling down. The front of their house was falling down already. Says who? If you go to one of the Wait, stop. Pieces, That's you... where I don't get the front of their house is falling down already based on the fact that there's star anchor. That, 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 that was a temporary fix in the 1970s. Listen, that let's was. try it this way, Mr. Smothers. Okay, sure. Here's the picture before the rebuild. You see these bricks? That's correct. They appear to be half on your property and half on his, right? They're, in That's fact, two-toned. All right, here's a picture after the rebuild. Now, all of a sudden, the bricks are all on his place. Somebody moved the bricks. And when somebody right. moved the bricks, the way they did it, when they knocked your place down, is they literally okay. sliced the mortar that was keeping the bricks connected by your two houses, which is fine. You have the right to beautify your property. The thing is, if it affects his property, why isn't he right that you should pay the whole bill? Because clearly they weren't I'm, I'm, falling down before. We know that they weren't falling down before here, the rebuild. Uh, you can tell me that they were because there's stars in the front of his But I don't see them falling no, down before the rebuild. So something some you did, your guy moved them to his property, and then they ended up being a disaster that had to be, uh, that had to be fixed. I understand. Before, and thank the good Lord that didn't fall on someone's head and kill them.
I have another picture where you can see where the crack was going and where their part was falling down. They're, they're, they were falling down. If you look at... Yeah, I see terrible cracks because your house went down. Your house used to be there. I, I had it cut. I had to, I took the Yes, I know off. you but, cut it, but... <laughs> right, but uh, what is what am I supposed to see that's terrible about his crack? house when your you house went down right that there? was holding it? Yeah. Yeah, that crack is where, where the house, their house is separating from the front. That's how does that, they, they, sir, listen, listen, listen. Okay. This is like so simple. You see how this is all in front of his house right now after your construction? That's correct. Right, That's correct. but we all know from this picture that you helpfully provided, which incidentally, Mr. Kevin, you didn't, from this picture, we know that it used to be half and half, right? And we also know that your house, this entire left part of this picture, was sliced down. You're going to tell me that that's not what caused the brick to be a, 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 a hazard and to all of a sudden not be tightened together? Yeah, I'm not going to buy it. $1,635 verdict for the plaintiff. Well, that was a pretty quick decision. The judge has found for the plaintiff for $1,635, Mr. Smothers. Listen, can you still be friends with him, even though he sued you? I just have to deal with it as a neighborly thing, so I would try to deal with him on a business level from now on. Kevin, uh, I'm sure you feel better now. The judge has uh, ruled in your favor, and you're going to get that $1,635. Can you get along with him now? Do you think it'll be... Okay. To, I never had a problem. You know, like I said, um, from, from the beginning, with all the construction and everything he did, whenever I had a problem with anything, he sent the contractor right over immediately. We had a good report conversation-wise. You know, I mean, I, I think the man's a good businessman, to tell you the truth. It's just, I think it was more principle on this side than anything else. All right, Harvey, what's your perspective on this case? Doug, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Look how important photographs are to win a lawsuit. I saw a clip of Judge John presiding over a vile and heinous defendant on a true crime show. How difficult is it to separate from these horrible cases and not take them home with you? I can't imagine. You've been through that probably as many times as I have, but I, I know the case that this, uh, this person's talking about. It was the one at the Southwood Middle School in Miami where a 14-year-old boy stabbed his best friend like 25 times and killed him. Um, and it was just awful. Ended up moving the case to another city because of pretrial publicity. And uh, That's right. You went to Orlando for like a month or something. Right. And at that case, I still relive it all the time. I mean, those cases kind of inflict a little bit of PTSD on the lawyers, the judge, and the others who are associated with it and spend all that time in the courtroom. Because uh, you see the suffering not only of the victim's family, you also see the suffering of the defendant's family. Absolutely. But you, you've had this with cases that you've had either as a prosecutor or as a judge, right? Yes. It's just that you can't get them out of your head. You can't unsee the photos. You can't... Um, you know what's interesting? I think that uh, I remember once where I had a case that was a, a very... Um, bad child abuse case and I was trying it with my friend Jackie and Jackie had just become a mother with my godson Bobby right and Jackie came in this is back when we used to have rather than having all the digital photos we had 8 by 10 glossies right. so the 8 by 10 glossies had come in they had been developed so she came to my office to see them mm -hmm. and you know part of that process is seeing you, you start to craft how you're going to start trying the case because you realize all the evidence you're looking at all the pictures and seeing the evidence and part of it is to desensitize because they're very graphic. Right. And so she's looking at them, 
and she just broke down and had, and she's the toughest woman I know. She just right. broke down and had like a, a nervous break. I'm like, you got to toughen up. You know, if you're going to try this case right. with me, you got to, it was so easy before I was a mother. Yeah. Um, it was just easier. It just, I don't know why I didn't, I, I now, th I, you know, once I became a mother, just think of everybody as somebody's child and right. everything is so graphic and horrible and personal. Um, it changes you. Yeah. It just kind of tenderizes you. Absolutely. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is the plaintiff, Lachaka Henderson. She says she rented an apartment in the defendant's old ratty house, which leaked, and she moved out after a couple of years of torture. The defendant refuses to give her back her security deposit, claiming the rug was moldy, but it was moldy because of all the leaks that were never repaired. She's suing for $1,300, the amount she's owed. This is the defendant, Deborah Ferry. She says the plaintiff's upstairs neighbor's kid liked to throw toys in the toilet, and there was a one-time leak which was fully repaired. This woman caused damage to other tenants' cars. She stole another tenant's check, and she owes this woman nothing. She's accused of treating a tenant terribly. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff rented an apartment from the defendant, says the guy is a slumlord and won't return her security. But the defendant says the plaintiff was a tenant from you know where, and she damaged other tenants' cars and stole a neighbor's check. It's the case of slumdog, no millionaire. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Henderson, you're suing your former landlord, Ms. Perry, because she refuses to refund your security deposit. And Ms. Perry, why is it that you're not refunding her security deposit? The apartment was left in horrific conditions. The walls were filthy, carpets were all stained, the kitchen floor was filthy and stained from urine from her dog and all warped. Um, holes in walls, holes in doors. Ms. Henderson, how long did you live there? Three years. All right, and what condition do you say you left the place in? Well, first of all, only thing that I didn't do was clean out the refrigerator because she locked the doors on me. What do you mean she locked the doors on you? She changed the locks. Right, but you were supposed to be out when? Well, I don't know. I was supposed to, I was supposed to move out on the 1st. All right, so the on, the, on the 4th. Right, that's three days after the 1st. So by then, why hadn't you done whatever you were going to do before you 
moved out. I just, I didn't have the time. I, I had one day to move. Okay. Well, not really, because she had given you notice that she wanted you to move how many months in advance? Um, she told me she wanted me to move in, I think, March or April. Right. And you moved out in November. Yeah. Okay. So now let me see some pictures, Ms. Perry. What is this a picture of? That is a hole in the living room wall where the front door would open. Looks like the doorknob went through it. Okay. What is this a picture of? That is the bathroom wall. I can't tell you what happened, but it's it looks like it was there's a whole section peeled off. Right. How, but that's not something the tenant does. Uh, it, it wasn't like that when she moved in. Do you have pictures and of what it looked like when I she did. moved in? I, I, unfortunately, I don't. Because I'm looking at a door jam that looks really, really old and painted over, over and over. And so if you're going to tell me it looked pristine when you gave it to her, I'd like to see evidence of that. Every time that you switch tenants, you need to have evidence of how you are giving the apartment to the new person so that you can prove the you, difference, you see. What is this a picture of? Carpet in um, one of the bedrooms. What, what are those stains, Ms. Henderson? That is water damage. Okay. The house leaked since I got there. She always says she's going to come fix things, and she never come. Her husband's going to come. They never come. I got texts where she's always saying that she's going to come, she's going to do this, she's going to do this, and she, does, she never does it. What is this a picture of? This is the doorknob? Broken doorknob. Same room that she claims she never used. Mm-hmm. What would this be? That's up. I don't know how this happened because that is up. Well, it's water damage. It leaked into one room into the kitchen. That's, right. And so, it wasn't a water leak. It was from the upstairs tenant's child's clogging the toilet bowl with a toy. Okay. So how many times did that happen? I would say two or three times in the three years that she lived there. What is this? Water. That is her son's bedroom. So what am I looking at on these walls? <laughs> Filth. <laughs> yeah, okay. That is not water damage. The leak didn't even go into that room. And this, again, is her son's room. The other wall. What What am I looking at here? That's a hole in the wall. That's literally a hole in the wall. How did yeah. that hole happen, Ms. Henderson? That hole happened when the electricity had went out from the water leaking in my son's room. So what we try to do, we try what we were we were gonna seal it back up, but but you didn't. We, and then why no, does the wall look like this? That is water. That is all from water. I got pictures. I sent wood. I sent pictures. I'm going to look at your pictures in a second, but what I'm looking okay. at here isn't water. It's just that grime. It is. It, I'm telling you. Um, I, listen, I know water and I know grime. I know both. Okay, that is all water. Okay, you don't, you don't have to believe me. I'm not making this up. Why did you leave all this stuff inside the fridge? I was going to clean it out. I take full responsibility for that because I was okay. trashing everything in that refrigerator. Anything that I did, I will admit. Anybody that knows me, no, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not. Let's look at the video of the ceiling leak. Water. Coming down. Look at that. Water. Coming in, I'm thinking, from outside. That's... That's pretty significant, Miss Perry. We're looking at like the ceiling kind of caving in. You know, I'm I'm to believe that's just a few flushes. I mean, that has to be something a little bit more serious. The, the than toilet that. over. 
uh, it overflowed and I admit that it overflowed and it did do it more than once. It wasn't constant. It was once we got the toilet cleaned up and stuff, it, it was done. Well, it was, it was, um, I, I don't understand how it happens three times. If you know the source, why doesn't oh, it, why don't you evict the tenant? Who doesn't well, watch their child? Locks on their bathroom door up high so the baby couldn't get in anymore without them there. And then it stopped. It, it, since that time... Yeah, but how does it happen three day. times? Like three floods? Mm, I wouldn't say it was a flood. <laughs> um, well, you know, enough to I'm damage the ceiling like she just damage. showed me the video of a pretty damaged ceiling. I mean, you, got, you have some significant work to do there anyway. Show me why you should be entitled to an entire $1,300 deposit. There's some significant water damage and painting required. Um, um, that how, how would I see grime? I definitely see grime. But, uh, you know, there's some significant water damage that was going to require painting anyway. For the ceiling, which I am not charging her for that. Okay, the I'm carpets need her. to be removed and replaced due to excessive staining. I saw pictures of the rug and the staining. She's saying that it's because of the water damages. How that are you going to prove to me water. that it's urine? I mean, I walked in the apartment one day. There was urine all over the floor. And I said to her, I said, Shaka... <laughs> There's Debbie, a, you, know, you know, now you're, 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 you're fabricating things. I would, Debbie, look at me. Like, I would never. Where's the kitchen floor that you're talking <laughs> about that I'm going to see that's urine stained? Right there. Well, there's all the, the black. There's and then right, but see, see you're, you're, you're telling me it's urine, and I know that there's water damage from leaks that were repetitive, not the, once. And, you know, when you, was, you understand that when water leaks from above, it doesn't necessarily fall straight down. It might run through a current and then hit somewhere else. I mean, it's kind of... Yes, and I wish I took pictures of the ceilings because where the damage to the ceilings was is not over this floor. It's over the other section, the vinyl floor, and I failed to take the pictures of it. Okay, I'm going to order you to return uh, half of the security deposit based on what I'm looking at. I, I would really, in the future, it really behooves you to take pictures of how you hand a place over as well. Um, yes, I agree. And, and I'm definitely seeing damage that has grime and filth and, and cleaning that has absolutely nothing to do with water damage. Um, I'm going to split the baby. $650, verdict for the plaintiff. Thank you, Your Honor. This is a case that's so important for both landlords and tenants to take photos, both when the tenant moves in and when the tenant moves out. That way you compare the two to know exactly whether something was damaged or not. Have you ever played pinball with Douglas? Never. You can't prove that I played pinball. Oh, I'm finding that yeah. very hard to believe. <laughs> yes, I have played pinball with Douglas. But, you know, there are a lot of vices people can have, right? I mean, there are like seven deadly sins. There's, you know, sloth, envy, gluttony, three or four others, <laughs> right? Uh, lust. But pinball is not among them. Pinball no. is good, clean fun, right? You can't get in trouble. You're usually there by yourself or maybe somebody else is on the game next to you. When are you and Douglas playing pinball? What am I doing while you guys are playing You're pinball? back in your chambers preparing for the next case. Oh, okay. And, and then I'm, the two of you are just goofing off in a out while. there. Look, for 20 years, I've got, I had you and Douglas would go to dinner, go to the, um, the boat ride and the big uh, rap party, casino night and all this <laughs> stuff. And I would just get pictures, right? <laughs> finally, I'm a part of it. I get to get out there and... Uh, jump in a little bit.
You like pinball. Confess. No, I like Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so do I. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the plaintiff, Jared Holzer. He says the careless defendants failed to obey a stop sign while riding his motorized scooter and slammed into him at an intersection where he had the right of way. When he demanded payment for the damage, the louses put in a claim for bodily injury with his insurance company, and now everything is one big mess. He's suing for $1,468.65, the amount he's owed. These are the defendants, Vanessa and Nicholas Laura. Vanessa says the plaintiff has an ever-changing story about what happened, and all she knows is he hit her son, then bombarded him with questions while he was on the ground unconscious. The shady guy never reported the accident to his insurance, and they think he's trying to pull a scam on them, and they're not paying him a penny. They're accused of denying liability. The defendants have filed a countersuit for $500 for hospital bills. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says the defendant slammed into his car with his scooter and he wants money for what it's going to cost to repair. But the defendant says the plaintiff crashed his car into her son and chastised him while he lay in the road with a concussion. Oh, him? No way. It's the case of Scooter Glibby. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Holzer, what happened? Hi, how you doing, Judge? Um, I was driving down Vandenberg Ave, going about 20 miles an hour, as I was about a block and a half from my apartment, um, looking to pull into my parking lot. I was driving with my fiance. Uh, as I passed Clark Avenue, um, I heard a huge thud on the back of my car. I instantly stopped the car. I looked what, back. Back of your boom. car? The back of your car? Directly the middle of my car. The middle of your car towards the back, meaning your you, your body had already passed at the point of impact. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So you hear it behind you. And what was, yes. you heard a thud, and did you know what it was? I didn't know what it was. So what um, happened? And I, I stopped. I pulled over. I saw a teenage boy with a motorized scooter. Um, he had no helmet on, so I assumed that he hit his head pretty hard. I... I thought I blew the stop sign. I looked up. He had the stop sign. And I, I instantly got it. I helped him up off the ground. Um, the girl behind me and me, we called the police and the ambulance. Um, we called his father. Um, I made sure he was okay. Um, I sat him down. He was trying to get up and walk it off, but he clearly was concussed. Um, and the people, the neighbors came out and all said they saw him flying down the road in the motorized scooter. And uh, he obviously didn't see the stop sign or didn't observe it, whatever. Was he with anybody? I believe he was with a friend, yeah. And did the friend say anything? The friend said, I told you to stop at stop signs. Your mom's gonna kill you. <laughs> oh. Okay. So. so what happened, Mr. Lora? So I was on the scooter and like I was with my friend and I was going downhill and like I couldn't stop. 
How and fast then, were you going? I don't know how fast I was going. You had a stop sign? I don't really know. I didn't see it. Do you seriously not know that there was a stop sign there for you? No, I didn't see it. How about you, Mom? Have you been by there, and do you know there was a stop sign there for him? Yeah, I did see that there was a stop sign there, but um, from what my son had told me and his friend had told me, Mr. Halser grabbed my son aggressively when he hit, when when they impacted on the car, and he was like, yo, you're okay, you're okay. And he just grabbed them aggressively. And I don't grabbed him aggressively why. to say, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, what did... So when I woke up, I was, like, really dizzy. and like, Did I got you really lose fast. consciousness? Like, I believe so, yeah. Okay. when I woke up, like, it was black and, like, I was, like, really dizzy after. Okay. So then he... And, like, I got picked up aggressively. He's like, what's wrong with you? And then my friend said... And then my friend said, like, he got hit by a car. And then, like, I fell because I was still dizzy. And I got up, and we started walking to the grass. And his fiance, she said, "Go like to like sit on the grass." So I sat on the grass. Okay. Well, whose fault was this, Mr. Laura? Well, he said it was my fault, so I I just said it was my fault. But at the time, I didn't like know. Has it? Is it important to you to know whose fault it is? Like, are you trying to tell me that you have never figured out whether it was your fault or not, and who had the stop sign? I assume it was my fault because like it made sense because he told me it was my fault. So I assume. It was well, my didn't fault you just look up and see a stop sign that you'd missed? No, because I, I was, like, dizzy and stuff. Okay. So. What about your friend? Was your friend telling you, like, dude, I've been telling you you need to stop at stop signs. Your mother's going to kill you. He just told me I was dumb. So you, uh, Mr. Holster, what efforts did you make to get the car fixed? Like, you know, because $1,468 is a big chunk uh, of change. And I know that you made yeah. some efforts to make it lower. What efforts did you make? I, I did. So my fiancé had reached out to somebody who had did some work on her car. Uh, but the person flaked on her. And then I went back to the Laura's. I showed them the, the, the quote. It was 1500 bucks. I felt bad because they said they didn't have the money. So I went and reached out on Facebook, actually, to the some guy who I know used to own a shop. And he actually said, I, I'm still, I'm an insurance guy now. I don't even have the shop anymore. Right. So two different people. And they just, you know, I'm not, I can't fix the car. I don't know any other mechanics. So I had to go to Platt Motors, which is a pretty reputable place. Right. And then Linux. go ahead, Ms. Laura. What did you want to say? I'm sorry. That's not how it happened. He never showed me an estimate. He called my husband and told my husband three different, four different prices. He first turned around and said it was going to be $60 because he knew a guy. Then he turned around and said it was going to be $250 because uh, the guy that he first knew didn't ha- didn't come through and then he had somebody else to do it. Then he said $500. No, I'm sorry. Then he said $850. And from $850, he said $1,500. Then he said that because we were neighbors, he was going to do, do it down to 850 my husband was... You should have hurried up and paid working. the guy because you paid him zero and now he's suing you. So if, if he, he kept, was willing to take 850, changing. right. But I have one and estimate in front him. of me and that estimate's for 1400 And have you ever had body work done? If you say you've never gone through this, I guess you've never had body work done, right? No, but I, I, when I called him, I called him on Saturday morning and I, when I told him, I said, I had a body guy so we can go and look at an estimate and if I can get pictures. I didn't get any estimates. I didn't get any pictures. What I got was the estimate of the pictures when I got the small claims court that I was getting sued. He never showed me anything. He never showed me okay. two estimates. He never showed me anything of that. True. Neither me nor my husband. And according to you, that's not true. Through. And what do you say, Mr. Uh, Holzhauer? The whole entire correspondence was with uh, Mr. Laura, And he came over to my apartment. Meaning the dad. I showed, yeah, they okay. live around the street from me. So okay. I, I came and I got... I got the quote and I showed him the quote and I said, hey, I know this is a lot of money. Let me try to reach out for somebody else. Why don't you look out for somebody else and let's, you know, let's 
let's get this for as cheap as possible. Well, I want to get my car fixed, you know? Right. Um, I, I definitely didn't change my name, my story. I definitely was trying to get them the cheapest price right. possible. So did yes, he, in the beginning. did he try to find somebody to do the work or you didn't want them to find somebody? Uh, he said he was going to, but then he said he couldn't, um, that he couldn't find anybody. That's, so that's and not true. to be honest with you, I, I went and got a uh, second quote and um, I, I didn't get it on paper because they said there's no way they're going to beat that number. So I didn't even get it written up. So I right. just kind of went about my day. Mr. Laura, do you work? Do you have a part-time job or anything? No, I'm doing that. No. The only thing I do, I do sports. I, I do sports. I don't do any work. Okay. You might want to get a paper route or something. Because uh, mom's going to get stuck holding. Uh... Well, it is not accurate that mom's going to get stuck because neither mom nor dad have anything to do with this. This verdict is going to be against the minor, okay? Um, because there are some very specific circumstances where a parent is responsible for the child's acts. And this is not one of those circumstances in the state of New Jersey or in most other states. He's not a six-year-old that did something where he should have been supervised. He's 14. Um, you are a very lucky man, Mr. Laura, that you're not, you know, in a wheelchair talking to me. Because if you're going down hills with no way to break, um, you know, this accident could have been a hell of a lot worse. Where you would come out a hell of a lot worse. Do you understand that? Especially if you have a friend who's telling you that, you know, this isn't the first time. I mean, you need to be careful. By the way, according to you guys, it wasn't motorized, right? Was it motorized or wasn't it? No. It's just you were just going that fast on a regular one because it was downhill and wee, it's fun, right into traffic. Do you have a death wish, Mr. Loda? No. Okay, because you know what? You've caused your parents a lot of a lot of heartache, and the last thing they need is more heartache. Okay, because you you know you've got a fifteen hundred dollar debt now, and you've got them sued in court. You've got them trying to negotiate settlements. You like maybe you could just do them one favor and stay alive and be a little more careful. How's that for a plan? Yes, okay, on your counterclaim against them for five hundred dollars for personal injury which you, you would never do, but you filed a counterclaim against him for personal injury, zero. And on the uh, $1,468.65, I am finding him in favor of the plaintiff. I know that's hefty, but unlike a lot of plaintiffs, he actually was trying to get it paid for, like trying to get it lower for you. And, you know, I mean, he doesn't have to do that. He could just get the work done by a reputable place. And I know it seems hefty, but that's what it costs to end up. Once you hit the paint, that's, you know, it costs money. It costs money. It always costs more than you think it costs, body work, uh, which you wouldn't know if you've never been in a car accident. You wouldn't know that. $1,468.65 verdict for the plaintiff. Thank you, Chuck. So the plaintiff prevails. He's going to get what he was seeking, the $1,468. But uh, the defendant who is uh, going to have to pay it, really, is the, the teenager. Nick, you heard what the judge said to you. What are you thinking? Um, I don't know how I'm going to pay it, but find a way, I guess. And be more careful. And be more careful, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Holder, um, I assume you're okay with this. You were really decent to try and help him out, but uh, you did the best you could, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't want to get to this point, but, um, yeah, I'm just glad it came out uh, so that I had to get it paid for all right, Harvey, this is an interesting twist, a, a twist with a judgment against a young man like that. What do you think? You know, Doug, the law varies from state to state. There are some states that absolutely require what happened in this case, which is that a mother supervise a child in a reasonable manner. But there are other cases where 
a mother or a parent is automatically responsible for what a kid does. Other states where it's only willful misconduct where the parent's responsible. How can you tell if a signature is forged? I sign my name differently every time. This question goes straight to the heart of what we call handwriting analysis. And I guess the, the experts now that you see in court, they'll usually call themselves question document examiners or forensic document examiners. And their job is to take a look at a signature or a document and figure out who authored it, whether they can say definitively who signed it or who wrote it, or whether they can say probably they have different standards that they might impose. And it's some some people think some people think it's just voodoo and that it's I mean that that that, that you or I could look at something and say it matches or it doesn't right. the same way. Right. Now they have like little tiny tells like the little yeah. you know they may be more observant than right. we are but either you can see it or you can't see it right? Right. right. Um, and they do they do have in fairness they have standards and they have board certification and they ha they do have it's different from Fingerprints, let's say, because a yeah. fingerprint is static. Yeah. It never changes. And if I have fingerprint A, which is a question fingerprint, and fingerprint B, which is a known fingerprint, what we call a latent and a known fingerprint, you can make a comparison and use points of comparison, which are accepted, a certain number of points of comparison, to make a definitive comparison and say, this thumbprint or fingerprint came was from that right. finger. Right. But Handwriting is not static, it's dynamic, and it changes over time. If you look at your own signature from 10 or 15 years ago, probably doesn't look that much like the one today. Yeah, I'm lazier. They, they I just get lazier and lazier. Right. If you get, and if you get me at a register, it's like a line. It's just a line. Right, but these the people who do the analyses will use points of comparison and, and different things and characteristics to compare. So the answer to her question is, it's tough. It is tough. It is right. tough. But in court, there's a lot of there's a lot of conclusions that are inconclusive. Right. That's a, a that's lot, the conclusion. But yeah. a lot of people think you have to have an expert because there's handwriting or a signature. But a lay witness, any witness, can say, Yeah, I recognize I know, that's my husband's signature. I know my husband's signature. That's it. Right. And, you know, an attorney or a, another litigant might object and go, well, I object to that. They're not an expert. Well, they don't have to be. They right. know. They've the seen signature. you sign. Yeah, and, they, right. they know it. They've seen it, and that's admissible. But. Um, Question document, forensic document analysis, it's controversial. That's going to do it for us now, and we will see you for the next session of the People's Court. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done.